Hey everyone, welcome back to the Your Money, Your Life podcast, episode 126. We'll dive into some historical market lessons as well as business and current events. But before we even get into any of that, make sure you like, subscribe, five-star rate, review the podcast wherever you are listening. We appreciate you for listening and for supporting. There's a couple, a few supporters of the podcast. Shout out to you. You know who you are. Appreciate that. So again, we have a lot to cover. This is a huge news week. Some unfortunate news came through this week as well. Um, but we'll get all into all of that, as well as our financial roundtable, where we talk market lessons, stock market lessons, um, and much more. So make sure you like, subscribe, rate, and review. We'll get into the episode now. What's in the news? Before we get right into the news, we'll go to our stock market update, which um, this week we've been a little bit flattish to lower. Uh, we're actually trending lower in the pre-market trading right now. Basically, things, things that are happening is we're looking at um, inflation data still rampant, supply chain issues still rampant. The Fed is aggressively raising rates. And guess what that's going to do? Curb growth. We had a contraction in the first quarter. Yes, a contraction in the first quarter, a slowdown economically. Um, our first quarter GDP was revised down by one tenth of a percent to one six percent, one point six percent contraction on an annualized basis. So the Fed is aggressively raising rates, which in those situations historically, a lot of times, of course, you get a you know stock market correction or even a bear market, which you can sometimes get what they're trying to avoid, which is a recession, which is slowed down economically that pushes us into a recession. Companies start cutting, um, freeze hiring. People start spending less because they're trying to save the, the funds they do have. And that means earnings for companies go down, right? Um, because you have less funds that people are buying. People are doing less, less economic activity. They'll only buy their staples, which is like your food, um, they'll get healthcare, but they won't be buying discretionary items. So you're going to see discretionary, um, sector go down even more at that point. Um, and so that's what you're looking at outlook. Now, how do we get out of that? You know, if we see right now, EPS projection projections are still steady, which is interesting, just depending on the outlook of the economy companies in the SCP and the projecting people that are projecting are saying we're still going to be fine as far as the company's earnings right now in the back half of the year but we'll see if that holds through um because there was a revision of q3 earnings per share for companies on the s p basis um which did revise downward slightly which is saying hey this is actually companies are actually going to make less pretty much that's that's what they're saying uh less than they were projecting and of course, that will affect stocks um, to a certain extent. But you know, we're we're not near the bottom yet, but we're getting closer. Why are we getting closer? Because this doesn't last forever, um, and it will eventually pull out. We will eventually pull out of this. So let's go to current events. And of course, a big thing I had to address before I even got into the business news is, of course, the Roe v. Wade um, horrible overturn and decision um that we saw and again of course i stand with everybody's right to choose what they want to do with their bodies especially women and so we saw a horrible overturn we set ourselves back 50 years decades back um which is you know obviously disappointing and you know 
a horrible thing for us. And now, you know, I don't get into the whole because I fully don't understand. I understand most of it high level, but now it's pointing to the states to make decisions on, you know, abortion rights. Um, and so this is, you know, something that's going to be, this was decided in 1973. We just overturned a rule from 1973, folks. We're going backwards. This is, you know, um, incredibly, incredibly disappointing. So one, you know, everyone's voting and I'm going to hundred percent be, I always vote, but I'm going to hundred percent try to be more, you know, present in local politics. Cause I think, you know, that's an area where I've lacked, um, just have no understanding of what's going on in a state level, city level, county level. Um, and I live here in New York and I need to get more involved. So that's something that I'm pointing to do, um, from now on. But if we can transition from that, if we can possibly can, we'll try. And let's transition into a little bit more business news, which there was a lot this week, so much, and we'll talk about it. We'll talk about what it means. Um, First up, Snapchat. Snapchat is adding paid subscriptions with more features for power users. The power users I'm assuming they're like their influencer users, but they're going to do a pricing of a subscription called Snapchat Plus that unlocks exclusive and early access features. It's going to be priced at $3.99 a month. The subscription is geared toward the people who want to spend the most time, most of the time, communicating with their closest friends on Snap. So Snapchat Plus is, is a cosmetic upgrade as well. So it's not just a feature upgrade, it's cosmetic. Uh, you get to still change the style of your app icon, see who rewatched the story and pin one of your friends at the top of your story. Um, and so they're really trying to go with that, I guess, OnlyFans model. They're heading towards that. Um, it's interesting. I'm looking at the the design right now. Um, yeah, I don't spend too much time on Snapchat. I snap my couple of my friends. That's about it. Um, but it's not friends with more than three people. Um, so, but... So this is this is they're going to a different model. They're going to the OnlyFans model. I'm sure there's going to be subscription based uh, where you can follow creators and different things of that nature. So we'll see. Snap is trying to stay viable. They have a lot of work to do. Big story this past week was rent prices. Rent prices going up. Housing market has cooled off or it's trying to cool. It's going to start cooling off a lot. Real estate prices are going to start going down um, as we keep seeing those interest rates increase and you're seeing the medium home price still go up. But that will start to trend downwards. At least the growth of it will start to trend downwards. Um, and now it's hitting rent because you have low inventory on rent because all the people that left major cities are like, all right, wait, I have to come back. My job's saying I have to come back. And other people, have, I have to come back. So the guess what? Rent prices are up 20 to 30% year over year in a lot of cities in America. Um, and they're now bidding wars for rental units. So people are offering to pay more than listed price. My barber was telling me about this. I didn't even know. And so we missed any of these bidding wars. But I guess people are having bidding wars and they're offering to pay more than listed price. Wow. So they're offering to pay more than listed price. Um, and it's really just a bidding war now. For people because the inventory is so low demand is so high that's going to increase the price of course economics 101 so it's coming really expensive uh for people that are looking there was a TikTok of a girl that was looking at some apartments and the listed price was incredible um so this is something we'll have to watch clearly very very clearly next up 
we have Top Gun. This has to be the most recent movie to do one billion in the box office. I haven't seen another one in most recent times do one billion, but Top Gun just flew one by one billion in the box office. I don't know if you guys have seen it. I did. It was really, really good. Um, and it actually has universal appeal. It's doing 50-50 almost, 50-50 revenue split domestically and internationally. So not just us U.S. people like it. Other people like it across the country. That tells me it's a good movie. Um, so we're really looking at other summer movies and if they're going to perform well. We have Thor, I think is in theaters, right, or coming to theaters. Elvis um, in theaters right now, if I'm not mistaken. And Black Phone, which I would want to see. That's in theaters now as well. I'm definitely going to see that one. Um, so you have, you know, a resurgence of the theater happening, a resurgence of the theaters happening right now. Have you gone? Let me know. What have you done? Have you got, what have you seen? I think it's incredible um, that we're seeing a resurgence. I love the theater. I mean, if you're in IPIC, which is a nice theater where we live, um, you're able to just sit back, relax, order something and enjoy a good time. So check, let me know what you're seeing. So TikTok, TikTok is actually being asked, a lone FCC commissioner has asked Apple and Google to pull TikTok from their app store over privacy concerns. But the FCC doesn't regulate app stores, so it's more bark than bite, but they're asking them to pull that Lona officer is asking Apple and Google to pull TikTok from their app stores for privacy concerns. It's a, obviously TikTok's a widely popular app. It's owned by a Chinese company, so that's why they're they're worried. They're worried about the regular the privacy concerns. They're worried about where the data goes for users, and that is very actually uh, a big concern. No one really knows. I don't know. Um, and so they're asking to remove it. They don't like that it's the fastest growing social media app. It's going to be probably be one of the, if not the biggest app, social media app in the world at a certain point, not counting the family of apps of Facebook and Meta. So right, if you conglomerate of family of apps of Meta, then you have the biggest social media conglomerate. But if you standalone app, this could probably be the biggest one. If you've just seen the growth from Gen Z and millennials and how often they're using it. They're actually using it more. They're calling it the Google now. They just search TikTok for something they want to learn. Now, that's a little bit scary to me because I, I don't know. A lot of people on there, none of them are experts. A lot of them are not experts in what they're talking about. A lot of them are just creating FUD and misinformation. They're just creating fear, which is another word for FUD, and misinformation. A lot of them are, have no clue what they're talking about. A lot of them are talking about just their experience, which doesn't translate to everyone else's. But if it goes viral, then everyone else is going to start to watch it or believe it. So that is something that is a little bit disconcerting. I see like financial edu educators on these apps, not educators. Some of them are just shilling something, right? We're all selling, but they're shilling something that's totally false. And people are like, oh, I believe this now. So that is a concern on these apps. But yes, millennial and Gen Z are using it as their Google. They're just searching TikTok to learn. Now, it's a great way to learn and media. It's a great way to use content so we can't take that away but we have to be very, very very careful because it's not all it's not all rosy on that app that's for sure so we'll see they're not going to pull it but they're trying to threaten nothing's going to happen at least right now
that's all we have. There was a lot of news, a lot, a lot of news. But we will wrap it up there and get into the roundtable next. Welcome back to the Financial Roundtable, folks, where we'll be talking stock market lessons. And I think this is important for a lot of people to understand because now people, the newer people that have just started investing last year or two, um, that, which is a, a contingency of millennials and Gen Z. Um, it's like most of those people. Um, now you're seeing a bear market. You saw a bear market potentially when you got in at the bottom of the last one in 2020. And now you're seeing a different one where you've actually had funds potentially in the market or different things. Or, and so it's good to, to do a redress and reassessment of that. And we've talked about the length, the duration, what happens in this time. Of course, we understand that. And now, you know, there's other people out there that were leveraged, which means they were borrowing money to invest, which is obviously never a smart thing to do. Because um, you're usually doing it euphoria when the market's high. You, you borrow money and the greed gets to you. You borrow money from the broker. You lever up with debt. And then you invest and that that is obviously not a wrong thing to do because when the market goes the other way, you're stuck having to be liquidated. Um, and that's what you're seeing a lot over people that did in the crypto markets and the equity markets that were way too overlevered um, when they should not have been at all. And, and so, you know, cyclical corrections, cycle corrections um, are different, but this is actually a bear market to drop in you know, the market in general because of changes in liquidity, less money is circulating. The government, the Fed is stopping the money circulating. They're going to drop the amount of liquidity. Um, they're going to slow down growth by raising rates and understanding that having cash on hand, you can raise even more cash in this time. Um, we're employing a strategy of having a decent amount of cash on hand because there's going to be volatility in the near term. So keeping cash on hand, rotating into defensive is a potential opportunity for people right now. Um, and so the bear market has, you know, interesting stuff. The Fed is tightening and you have um, still, you know, supply chain issues, geopolitical issues. So the big lessons are for people to not over, not, don't get too far out in your euphoria. The euphoria was crazy during times. I don't see that same euphoria. Those people with incredible stock trading or not incredible, not incredible stock trading groups and all this stuff. And those people have pretty much <laughs> dissolved so many people that were believing that, yo, I will just trade stocks. I'll quit my job. I'm, there was people that were quitting their jobs just to trade stocks in 2021. There were people that made a lot of money tricking these people to do so. Um, and I still see them around obviously. But, you know, it's it's unfortunate. Um, I think biggest lessons to be learned here is, one, focus on your career, job, and cash flow. That's the biggest thing. We've always said that. Focus on your career, job, and cash flow. Career or business, you know, preferably business. If you're able to get a business going, not only do you have more, more cash flow, but you have more net worth. A business, an asset is worth something. As I was telling one of my clients, a business, an asset that cash flows lots of money, is actually worth something to someone else. People buy businesses all the time. So focus on those things. And that allows you 
to buy assets now that are on a, that are, are much more devalued. Because guess what? One of the stock market lessons you can learn, the stock market has recovered every time in the past from a bull market and not only broke even, but gotten into higher highs. So if you're someone that levered up at the top and put all your cash in only at the top and you're not cash flowing now, and, you're, and I'm seeing across people, they're like, oh, I'll put less money in now or slow down because it's down. Well, that's like honestly the opposite of what you should be doing if you you know kind of understood historical context or asset values strong asset values, right? So like you want to, it's hard for people to reverse their thinking because they just don't have that ability to do that. But you want to kind of think about historical context as well as longer term horizon. If you have strong cash flow, you're not worried about the near term. If you have strong cash flow, you're not worried about the near term. Again, most people that don't have strong cash flow, that's why they're always worried about the near term versus the long term. And you want to set your eyes on the longer term, especially when it comes to investing. That's what's going to yield for you. Four, five, six, two decades, three decades. That's what's going to yield for you. So these are important things to think about. And I think a lot of everyone has to start thinking about it, redress, understand that even if asset prices are low now, they are going to recover. And are you in a good position to take advantage of that recovery? Can you actually honestly answer that? Yes. It's good to think think about. What a great summer here in New York, folks. I stopped doing personal life updates. Things are well, of course, (laughs) really well. But um, we're enjoying the summer in New York. No sports, which sucks. I have YouTube TV and there's no sports to watch. What are we going to watch? I got to watch my comrades on the field, on the football field. A big thing we announced, NIL management, we're managing top high school and college athletes that have the opportunity to make their money now from name, image, and likeness. Some high school states do it, not all, very few amount, but all colleges do it now. All NCAA athletes are able to make money for their name, image, and likeness. We're handling those deals and negotiating and addressing those deals for them. So reach out to NIL, New Shoot NIL, the top advisory NIL firm in the country. Just like New Street Advisors Group is a top investment advisory firm in the country. We keep doing it, folks. Thank you, as always, for listening. We'll see you next week.